Yo, yo, what it do? It's your girl, Just Be Real, and welcome back to another episode of Just Be Real Podcast. Yes, I'm jamming to Renee and Angela, Secret Rendezvous, but here we're going to have a reading rendezvous. Enough of me chatting. Let's get real. Fam, bam, fam, bam. What's goodie? Yes. Yo, I don't know what it is, but Renee and Angela has some hits, and honestly and truly... Angela Wimbush was a producer. Like, before Missy Elliott, you know, you had her in the studio mixing up beats and stuff. Like, there's literally clips um, from Talk to Pops that he has of Angela Wimbush literally mixing up beats and producing beats for the Isley, um, for Ron Isley. Because, you know, that used to be a thing back in the day. Which is crazy because it's something that I just literally found out, I guess, because I really be in the state of mind and my business that I really never knew that they dated for so long. Um, but there was like a couple in the item and she really like pretty much produced a lot of his records on one of his albums. Like talk about power couple, but like shout out to Renee, um, Renee and Angela because they got mad hits I rock with. And Angela Wimbush alone is a classic icon in general, period. So mm, yes, but as I said it before, that is a song that was going through my head when I was like, mm, secret rendezvous. Yeah, because I feel like sometimes... When it comes to black culture, having a reading rendezvous, it seems like it has to be a secret. It does. It feels like it has to be a secret because you get clowned if you like to read. I mean, nowadays, it's a thing where, you know, you get honored and praised or like there's accolades given if you have like an extensive mind and want to have a library of books and kind of deep delve. And it became more of a thing, too, because a lot of people came out with more memoirs and like autobiographies or like novels and stuff like when it comes to public figures so it kind of draws you in to want to read which is a great thing but welcome to the episode of we just got another reading rendezvous yes it's called reading rendezvous and anybody who knows me knows i am a black bookworm okay i won't even say a black girl bookworm i am a black bookworm there's something about when i pick up a book that i just get so engulfed and just love the art of reading. One, because it extends, expands my vocabulary. And I already know I have a very extensive vocabulary. Um, and for the record, if I have to use my vocabulary on you or when I talk to you, that means you're therefore have rubbed me in a way that you can't come back from. Because I don't have to use vituperative language at all times. Ha! I can always just go ahead and smooth curse your behind out using words you probably have to look up in a thesaurus or a dictionary. It's a gift. It's a gift. I have a way with words. It's a beautiful thing. But I really feel like reading rendezvous is something I had to do because given that it's become more a part of the culture where they literally have book clubs and conversations and like it's even a hashtag like black girl bookworm or black boy bookworm or black bookworm. I feel like it's something that needs to shed light on because I feel like reading is fundamental 
And not just saying that it's fundamental because it's a cliche, but it's fundamental because a lot of the propaganda of the world is given through media, i.e. just television and social media, that we don't take time to read for ourselves. And given that we do have those people who are conscious enough to break it down into layman's terms for us to understand in a language that's being able to receive the concept, I just feel like reading is something that extends it more because I feel like also with a lot of these public figures that we have, who have written books or memoirs or shared their stories, you know, i.e. like Cicely Tyson, my sorrow Cicely Tyson, um, may she rest in eternal peace in Omega Omega. She literally had a full eternal life. Like, if you think about it, she was in her ninth decade of living. So she's seen everything. And like literally went from the time of probably realizing living in the experience of segregation with the, you know, the whole, you know, black market crash that happened in 1921 down to the concept of her even just going to, you know, seeing Jim Crow and segregation and integration and, you know, uh, having to see a black president like she's lived a full life. So reading her book, given that it was only it like I'm saying it like it's light work, given that it was 400 pages, 400 plus pages, that book was something I read in like an instant. So I'm going to give y'all back on my reading rendezvous, right? So ever since I was little, I've always had this desire to always read and I've loved reading. Like, I don't know what it is, but science fiction is not my thing. Um, Never has been. Fiction, like the raunchy, raunchy, raunchy romances, like stuff like that was never my thing. Um, I don't know what it is. I'm always, I've always been fascinated by people. And learning people's backstories, because I feel like learning to see through the lens of somebody else's perspective allows you to just step outside yourself and literally step into their skin and kind of see why they are the way they are. So I guess it's kind of like where I've always been is like in the memoir sense. So, like, books like Mark Twain and that kind of stuff, I hated reading it, even though I had to read it, like, The Odyssey. Um, That kind of stuff, it was boring because I was in, like, AP English and honors classes, which means, like, the literature was, like, college level. But it was boring. And plus, I was tired of always reading about white people. I'm going to keep it a buck with you. Like, maybe that's the reason why I'm never fascinated with, like, novels and science fiction because it's just, like... I was tired of reading about white people. It's like, white people, y'all giving them this grandiose storyline and existence as if that's all that's available. And, like, Kunta Kente, books like that. Like, I was intrigued, but it was just, like, it was traumatizing. So, it was like, it wasn't many books that were out there for me, I felt, that weren't based around trauma when it came to black literary, uh, literacy. Um, so, I was not a big fan. So I read a lot of books like Cheetah Girls because it was about, you know, these diverse group of girls growing up, stuff like that. Like, I think that's as far as I got. Harry Potter, I dab dabbled into it. Um, it was boring, too, to me. Like, no shade to nobody who's a Harry Potter fan because I know a lot of people love Harry Potter. But it's not my thing. Like, it's not, I guess for me, it's just too fictional. And it's too much of a faux pas. Mm, I don't know. It don't it don't take on my fancy. But the fact that we have so many genres and availabilities for us to be able to read and, you know, captivate ourselves. I feel like because that's the one thing we were always deprived of because they never wanted us to learn how to read and write. That being our superpower allowed us to really use our voices, whether it, it be through science fiction or novels or memoirs or, you know, autobiographies or, you know, um, nonfiction or fictional books. Like, I feel like it allowed us to expand um, I think I will never get into those tell all trashy shit like the shit like that. What was that? What was that video vixen that made a whole 
joint. Her that wrote that book, like tell all books, I will never probably get into those. Because I just think that it's so corny that you're really going to sit here and air out somebody's dirty laundry. Like, that's some some stuff is literally meant to be private. Some people really do create books just to profit off of them. Which I think is, like, you're really taking the time to go ahead and profit. But some, then again, what does I say about the publishing company? Because you're really willing to go ahead and put money out to literally have conversations. like, And it amazes me also how, like, a lot of Caucasian people... And I say Caucasians because they be bold, can get book deals and stuff for like millions of dollars and literally is talking about like they're pretty much their past of, I guess you could say like crime or mischief. Like Martha Stewart's one, I heard Britney Spears is about to have a $15 million book deal that's about to be signed for her to tell her story of being in conservatory, a conservatorship. Like, what about the other, what about the black people? I'm sure they wouldn't get no $15 million. And I think it's also that just brings us back in a, in a full circle. White tears always win. White tears always win. If you can get white tears, you're willing, they will pay for white tears. But they will profit off of black trauma and black tears without giving the proper reparations and credit due. Like, I bet you my money, if Kim Kardashian was to go ahead and sit here and have a tell-all book and it involved Kanye, she would make, like, a $20 billion deal. Let Kanye write the same book because he's attached to her and all of his antics and how he goes about for attention. They might give him maybe, like, two, three mil. And he'd be willing enough, probably, and I don't know this for sure, but I'm going to assume he'd probably be willing enough to take the shit, too. That I just think it's crazy. So I feel like it's great to see that there's more representation, um, especially when it comes to positive insight and uplift to kind of just, like, tell your story and tell your truth. And I think that's what a lot of it has been as of recently and probably, like, the last decade in reading is that you have a plethora of, you know, options, um, from people who are not well known, from people who are known, from people who are, you know, just out here. But the fact I feel like in the pandemic, a lot of people just took to a pen and tried to find publishing companies and were willing to just go ahead and tell their stories. Like, and I feel like that's so dope. So like right now I'm reading The Misadventures of an Awkward Black Girl. Do not judge me. I know I'm probably late, but um, by Issa Rae or Joe Issa Rae. Um, and I feel like... This has always been me, but I just feel like it's good to know. Like, you see how you have public figures who you see, like, they're in the spotlight, blah, 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 and everybody's, like, on them, and people think it's, like, an overnight sensation, or we know for a fact that Issa Rae didn't have overnight. We, we If you was with her back from the days of the web series, then you know what's up, like, you know her transition and her struggle, but sometimes there's a lot of things that public figures don't share that they really put in their books because they want you to be, you know, enticed into their story and literally, like, support them in them sharing their story. So I think it's dope that she created The Misadventures of an Awkward Black Girl because I feel like it's always been me. Like, I've been an awkward black girl, but not at that awkward, if that makes sense. Like, I've been awkward in, like, how she talks about her appearance, how she was a tomboy. Like, that was always me growing up. Like, I was always that tomboy who was just, like... I'm probably not attracted to a lot of dudes, which I really wasn't. You can ask all my friends. I wasn't. And um, it wasn't until I got older, <laughs> i.e. now, where they're like, ooh, we didn't know that's what you was working with. Or when I got into high school, it was like, boy, bye. You knew it was underneath them 3X velours, Sean John sweatsuits, and that lady in Nietzsche. Stop playing. 
But, like, that's what it was. And, like, to speak of the fact of, you know, she had a desire to want to enhance her skill set and knew that there was a drawingness that just was like, yo, I want to be in media. I want to do film. I want to do art. I want to do theater. It's just dope to start to read it. So I'm not, I'm only a quarter way through the book. And normally I, I read books in, like, two to three days if I have the time availed. Um, and if it's that captivating, I probably will always force time to carve it out. But... I think it's pretty dope. I think Cicely Tyson's book was definitely a dope read because one, the fact that it came out a week before she passed was crazy. Um, she didn't even get to do a book tour on it. And she literally says in her book, she waited decades because people have been trying to get her to write a book for decades. Her manager was like, yo, it's time for you to go ahead and tell your story. And legit, I'm so glad she did because imagine if she would have left this earth and we would have never learned the true history behind her and Miles Davis, her and, you know, her daughter. Like, we really, how many people really knew that Cicely Tyson had a daughter? Hello, she had her in the shadows. Like, and to this day, we really don't know where or who she is specifically because she was never really, <coughs> excuse me, in the light. But it's just like, to know that that's really what she dedicated her book to. And like, she left this earth in peace because she told her story of how she pretty much broke barriers to allow a lot of the Holly Berry's, Viola Davis's, Angela Bassett's, like, and the list continues. And I, I think it's great that we pay homage or take the time to understand that backstory because she came up in a time where racism was real real okay people were just now getting transitioning out of slavery like come on now and her parents literally were two two foreigners her parents were caribbean like they literally came on a boat to come over here to start a life like and new york is literally the mecca hence why it's the melting pot where a lot of people transition and start their lives to have that quote unquote american dream and I just think that's dope. Like, and another book I read was Big Frida. There's a lot about Big Frida I used to watch. Like, you can watch their shows, like, let's say, i.e. reality shows or, like, you know, what they give you on social media. But it's another thing when they literally are writing the pages and have that literally have hit a black and white page where it's like, damn. So, like, also reading Big Frida's book and learning about Big Frida's past and, like, how everything came when it came to bounce music and how, you know, Big Frida literally made it, like from the trenches of New Orleans to this renowned star of her of, of the of her state like that's what's up like I've also read what else have I read I've read um Selena Johnson's book The Wait Is Over now just because I'm a Selena fan doesn't mean Sarah Rogers read the rum read the book I read the book because The Wait Is Over is personal for me and I think that's also what a great thing about reading too like when you read somebody else's story you can also relate like the way that y'all relate through me through this podcast or through people on social media because you see you know they they might have spoken of something or you know shared a thought that just resonates with you that's what it was for The Wait Is Over because as Selena I'm the baby as well in my family I'm the youngest. I've always been an athlete, always played basketball. And I, let me tell y'all, I learned something about Selena in that book, child. Okay? Never knew sis knew how to play tennis. Okay? And she was good. Real good at it. Like, come on. Never knew. She did basketball. She did track. She did tennis. Um, But it was always a thing about her weight and the fluctuation. And she speaks about how the pressures of the industry where she was pretty much starving herself and like going hard on two-day workouts and like just trying to attain a look. I don't know if y'all know about chapter three, the flesh. 
the album cover when she's in like this um skin tone option where she's like pretty much like a silhouette where it's like literally flesh looking and she has a snatched ass body the sacrifice to hear how that story happened for her to be able to get that look and then her being a model and like the certain things where she kind of fell in between not just the plus size but she wasn't fully skinny like and her weight always fluctuating I can wholeheartedly relate to that because there's never been a time in my life where my weight hasn't fluctuated like you could see it in my pictures like I used to think I was fat in high school because again that's the mindset that we're thinking of because black folks have no shame in their game telling you when you put on weight or when you a little too big for what they expect you to be and I was skinny as hell in high school compared to now now, trust me, I'm trying, I'm in the transition again of losing weight and getting back to my physique of toned body, but I would never want to be as small as I was because I just feel like I look like a lollipop with a stick. Like, I feel like I was too small. Given that I had a big butt and stuff and not really a chest because I ain't part of, part of the itty bitty titty committee and I'm okay with it, but it's like, I feel like I fill out more and I'm in my grown woman body where I just want to tone my grown woman body so my grown woman body is not just one tone, but healthier. I just want to have a healthier living style. So I totally understood the perspective of the weight is over um, because it's something where she literally went from, you know, psychological warfare of, you know, her weight to becoming a bodybuilder in her 40s. Are you freaking kidding me? That's a dream. And then, you know, going back to get her bachelor's in, you know, nutritional science, even in her late 30s after leaving and dropping out of school 20 years to go pursue a music career. Like, it just motivates you to know, like, there's no set time to do what you want to do and what's meant for you won't pass you. And whenever you're supposed to do it, you're going to do it because you don't know if your story is going to be a testimony or a testament to someone else. So that's another dope book I read. Um, I read Salisha's The Resilience Factor, which I've had her on this podcast before. So if you haven't heard it, go back to that episode of her sister, Salisha Thompson, Dr. Salisha Thompson. She speaks of her, you know, her traumas of, you know, having to be resilient as a black woman, you know, finding out about stage one, stage two breast cancer, you know, dealing with a miscarriage, dealing with, you know, abusive and toxic relationships and transitioning into where she is now as, you know, the president of, you know, Du Bois Entertainment. Like, that's what's up. Like, come on now. Like, and it's like, you see people where they are because of social media, but you don't ever really fully know how they got there. Like, a really, really inspiring and insightful book, I will always suggest that I was, when I say captivated, I was captivated. Tabitha Brown's book. Oh my goodness. Talk about everyday usage. Talk about an insight. Talk about an inspiration. Talk about a just a true testament of tenacity. <clears throat> Excuse me. That is her. Like that book inspired me so much. And that book filled me up so like my cup overflowed with just gratitude and just gratefulness that she shared her story. I never knew she was raped. I never knew she was, you know, taunted and bullied as a child. I never knew about the car accident she had that permanently injured her back where she still to this day was having back pains. I never knew how she transitioned into the vegan lifestyle and, you know, her pretty much struggling with her husband's chance to be where she is now. So she put in her due diligence because she was working for over 20 something, 30 something years trying to get where she's at today like so pouring that life and that light into people that she don't know she just felt like as like I said with the pandemic it was time for her to share her story and just get it out there and I, I, I promise you read Tabitha Brown's book it's it's amazing y'all know I read my girl Amanda Seals book small doses of, of your every uh, small doses po- um, 
truth, what is it, potent truths of your everyday use, something like that. I don't have the book in front of me, but y'all know I read Amanda Sales' book. Her book is fire. Her podcast is fire. So, like, to hear, you know, Amanda give insight not just on what she's been through, but as a cultural, you know, indignation of what we experience as a whole and kind of give, you know, the potent truths of everyday use and how to maneuver in a world that's not meant for you to maneuver through successfully. That was necessary. That was something that I'm just like, damn, this is dope. So like her book was another book. And I think it's even dope because she included pictures and her own art. Cause you know, you know, Amanda creates as well of her sketches and her paintings um, where she got to not only just tell a story, but as well as show the story. So that's something that's dope and deep um, in that. And I've also read The Dichotomy of Celicia too. R&B Blues, like it's all about music. She's interviewed several people that were in the industry and literally took their perspective of the industry uh, and how it's pretty much been like, you know, men get paid more than the women do or they get more recognized and when they speak their mind they're they're looked at strong and assertive but when a woman does it she's looked at difficult being a diva x y and z like again me saying all these books is just a, a testament to just say that reading is a rendezvous because you can sometimes get engulfed where you have books like sister soldier where you're just like you know into it where it's just like i want to see sequels and you have you know the ratchet, raunchy ones, which is like, I'm here for entertainment kind of thing. I just like to read. And you got the science fiction novels or stuff like that, where it's just like, it don't have to be somebody that's black, but you're just reading it because it's just something that brings you to a whole new world. And I feel like reading sometimes can be the greatest escape because literally it forces you to have to just sit, be in solitude. And literally, I don't know about y'all, but I can't read with a bunch of noise. I like to sit in silence because I want to really embrace and jump into the pages that I am reading and I want to comprehend as I'm reading. I just don't want to read just to read. I want to actively read. I want to, you know, understand. There's even times where I've even highlighted some pages because there were such memorable quotes or information shared or, you know, an anecdote that I just felt like, yo, I don't want to ever forget this. When I open this page and it's folded and it's highlighted, I know to revert back to that. Like one thing for sure I took from Monty Tab's book was she has a prayer And the prayer she has is a prayer I recite regularly. And there's also something she has in the book that I, for one, never would have thought that I was going to be so captivated by because it's just like, dang, that's so simple. Yes, it's so deep. So she would say to herself, like, tab, this is only temporary. You're only going to be here temporarily. Like, so I always said to myself, like, Jess, this is temporary. I'm only going to be here temporarily, especially at the time when all of that stuff was going on with that job situation. That got me through, but her prayer that she has pretty much in the interlude interlude of her book is something that stuck with me that I even had to put it in my phone and I recite it almost every day. So it's like, Lord, prepare me for what I think I want. Prepare me for the blessing so I will know how to keep them when I get them. And Lord, sustain me through the storm with hope, faith, and joy. That right there within itself is just like, wow. And that's how you start off your book. Like, come on now. And then she even gives recipes because we know Tab likes to cook. Like, she influenced, you know, put parts of herself in that book as well. So, like, no matter what the book, like, and I still have more books on my list to read, like, Bevelations, because I love me some Bevy Smith, you know, Kiki Palmer, I Don't Belong to You, Lily Lyons, The Day I Lost My Virginity. I still have to read Becoming. I still have to read We Need More Rhyme, uh, Gabrielle Union, We Need Something Stronger. Um, there's a, there's a list of books I still have left to read. And there's also some I didn't share that I left out, but baby reading rendezvous is me, honey. Like I will read, 
I feel like till the test of time. And I just feel like it's my mind and my mind and soul time. It's time that I just just take from me. And it's not just, it's just like a self-care. Because I feel like when you read, you literally are tuning out the world and just letting it, like letting life just be and you're just still. And sometimes we just need that space where we're just still and a book is allowing us to do that. So I know there's a couple of other people coming out with books or looking to talk out with books, but that's something that I, I think that the people I have, I've read books of have motivated me to want to have my book. Like I've, I've, like I said before, I have journals. Like Salisha, who is my business coach, has always told me like, you need to write a book. You need to share your story. You don't have to put names in it, but like you need to share your story because you've been through a lot and you've experienced a lot. And even though you haven't been on this earth that long, you have a story that's been told that can touch other people. And I feel like I've done that through my podcast. And in due time, when time avails or when time is ready, or I feel like God has called me to be able to do so, I will share that story. Um, I do have the journals to reference back to from 2003 up until now. So there's not like I can't go back to a transcript. And my little behind was over here. Time, date, and stamping stuff back in the day. So we know I am thorough, honey. But still, like, reading Rendezvous is something that I just encourage to anybody. You don't got to be black. You don't got to be, you know, have a specific ethnicity. But reading, I just feel, is necessary because it allows you to think outside yourself. And as Amanda Seals always says, we are each other's business. And as and as when we are each other's business, we allow each other to grow. And we can always uplift as we do it. So sometimes it takes some time to just read a book and, you know, see somebody else's perspective to open your mind. So when you do have those conversations or come across adversity, it's not something that's uncomfortable where you feel like you can't speak and just share your thoughts, but as well as understand where other people are coming from as well. So, what you going to do? What's on y'all book list? What y'all been reading lately? What's y'all reading, Rendezvous? Y'all got a book club? Sometimes you just need like-minded people just like you to just come together where y'all just literally have convos and it brings unity. Ain't nothing with a reading Rendezvous. As I always say on air, let's keep it real. And always remember, be real, be true, and always be unapologetically you. Peace.